Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sarah and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast alongside me just like every single week is Jacob Morris manager Jacob full name today Jake Moore your your Instagram handle doesn't have vowels like what is it you're missing some letters you just tossed out a Jake no because I read it your Instagram handle is like Jake oh but your friends some call people, you Jake which throws yeah me off. some people do I think like if you knew me before maybe t- 2002 you probably still call me jake but that's a very small amount of people these days i prefer jacob and i i reintroduce myself as jacob to everyone i feel like a lot of your friends um when we were at like your event a few months ago they asked me like oh have you seen jake yet i know and i was like that would be like a bunch of those people they're they're probably the six people who would still refer to me as that were there all the six people that were there uh anyway so jake jacob jacob morris i'm here uh, what is it that you're uh drinking or eating this week Uh, okay well sarah i was just in Boston, and I'm going to talk to about Boston. that. Yeah, a little bit more uh, later on today. However, one of the biggest things that I was uh, most excited for going to Boston for the first time. If you follow me on Instagram, this is going to come as no surprise to you that I'm a huge fan of the Boston Cream Donut. Yes, you believe it's the superior donut. Well, I know it's the superior donut, gotcha. and I'm a huge fan. So I was excited to go to the birthplace <laughs> the of Boston, Boston cream, cream Pie and Boston Cream Donuts. Is that what it comes from? Boston Cream Pie, yeah, I believe so. Oh, that makes sense. The because, custard, and this is how I, I clued it all together because I went, I was looking it up. There were a lot of Boston Cream Pie places. And then when I went to the different bakeries, they had like Boston Cream Pie, Boston Cream Donuts, Boston Cream Cupcakes, Boston Cream Cannoli. Can you believe that? Did you have one? I stuck to the donuts because there were just already so many to try. I did a tour of three different ones, three very distinct Boston creams. And I have to say that all of them were very good, but there was one that just like stuck out. And it's tough because I can't even tell you exactly which one it was. It was about a place called Mike's Pastries. And you know what? I walked past like 15 Mike's Pastries. I swear. They're all different. So it was the one over uh, over near Fenway. 
Uh, I don't remember the, near the Fenway street. If you want to get yeah, Boston but, Cream, how did it rank up against like a Tim Hortons Boston Cream? Ooh, I don't know if I'll be able to go back. Honestly, listen, I love That's Timmy's. Wild. No hate to Timmy's. That's in my life the original Boston Cream. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about the original original Boston True. Cream that just isn't in, in an upper echelon of uh, of rating. So anyway, if you ever get a chance, you're stumbling through Boston. Go and get a Boston cream. You can't go wrong. As someone that doesn't enjoy donuts, I don't think I personally will, but I was <laughs> waiting for like the Instagram stories. I was waiting for like you to bring us along. I was waiting for like the vlog or something. I was okay, I have a few pieces coming. of content. Maybe I'll throw one up on Instagram. Sarah, what are you What are you eating or drinking this week? I've always known in my heart and soul that this is my favorite pizza in the city. And look, I'm not someone that like makes like absolutes about food in Toronto because I made that one time and like people came at me on the internet because how dare you like judge Toronto food scene or whatever. But I feel like people are very passionate about well, the wait, best well, pizza Well, wait, first of all, city. sidebar, what was the first absolute? I know it. This was like years ago. This might have been 2021. I made some video oh. like being like some of my favorite bars or restaurants to go to. And oh, okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Just not, not it. So I, I stayed away from food content <laughs> from that. I was traumatized. <laughs> but uh, I feel like pizza specifically is like a really touchy subject in the city i feel like people are very passionate about what they i've seen the, the tiktok comments pizza. of those like toronto videos where they interview a chef yeah. and they ask them their favorite pizza joint is well, always contentious i've always thought this but it's just more so confirmed because i just had it again for the first time in a while the other day north of brooklyn oh. in my opinion is the best pizza in toronto yeah it has been i i just love it it never disappoints their garlic dip is amazing. They bring they have a donair sauce. Their garlic knots. Their Caesar salad is good. I feel like the overall experience is so good. And the pizza itself, so freaking yummy. It's like the closest thing I would compare like when I get like slices in New York. Yeah. It feels like okay. the closest, which makes sense because it's called North, North of Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But I just had it on Friday again. And so, so Where yummy. is the location that you go to in, in Toronto? Uh, I order from the Queen Street location. Okay. Um, yeah. The one that's near Jaybird. Is that the original? I, I don't, know. don't know that one or the one in the village. I'm, right. I'm I don't know. But then uh, this one I got, uh, I don't know. It was more north because I was at my friends on Lansdowne. So this one okay, was by like, the one yes. my blood brothers. That's what I was gonna say. That is location that it was great. It's so good because that location is inside the greater good yes, which is an yes, amazing yes, yes. bar up there on so i never i didn't actually um go to the greater good and yeah. i want to but i just i don't know north of brooklyn is the best piece in the city in my opinion granted i haven't tried body alley yet so like maybe like they'll change my opinion but i don't know i just think i like i think it might be a little it's a overrated. good slice it's a good, i just i north of brooklyn never disappoints and when you order it Everyone goes, oh, like no one's disappointed that you ordered North of Brooklyn pizza, 100%. right? Everyone's so happy about That's it. That's a good take. That's a good Toronto take. Thanks. It's the only one you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what are we watching or reading this week? I'm sorry that I'm not going to say something new because really mostly just what I'm watching right now is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and that shit mm. is crazy and I've been influencing other people to <laughs> yeah. watch it, which is, makes me so happy. But... I went back to the movies. A movie so nice. I watched it twice. Anyone but you. So you're welcome, okay. Sydney Sweeney, your production company, because I'm help lining your pockets because it just surpassed a hundred million dollars this really? week. Yeah, at the box office. Which Good granted, it only made like twenty mil in its opening weekend. So it's been like I think it's a big like a word of mouth, tail. like slow, like slow climb. This also goes to my take. I had said it on um, when I did my review on TikTok. I think the marketing for this movie, they just like drop the ball completely they don't really hit the proper target yeah. demos and they just try to sell it as like two hot people as opposed to like go to the romance book talk girlies go to the people that like love to consume that type of content anyways and like 
I don't know, work with them to get the message out. Because even like when I posted the Instagram story reviewing that movie, it was shared like 400 times with people. Clearly because people are like, oh, it does sound good. Maybe we'll go see it. I think people were just waiting for other people to like test run it almost. So I went back to go see it again with Tara. We had the theater essentially to ourselves. Two people did pop in at the very end, but it felt like a private screening. And I liked it just as much the second time. Really? It's going to be one I keep going back to, I think. And not just because I have a crush on Glenn Powell, but also <laughs> I just liked it better. Is I the comedy the back? We were talking about the this after you, right? Back. Like, the I feel like we were back. talking about that before, but it, how there aren't a ton of big rom-coms that do super yeah. well. And maybe that's why, like, they didn't put a lot of money into the marketing yeah. budget. Well, maybe? this movie um, was, it's the highest grossing rom-com since Bridget Jones's Diary in 2016. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe yeah. it is back. And then Tara made a good point. She goes, everyone keeps saying 2016 is back. 2016 was like everyone's favorite yeah, year. A bunch yeah, of trends yeah. are coming back. So she's like, maybe that's like a sign that 2016 is back. And that's a great year. So I'm that's a good it. omen. That yeah, was a great it was year. A good omen. How about you? What about you? What have you been watching? Okay. This is almost the exact opposite of a rom-com. <laughs> there are definitely Com- comedy <laughs> elements and has vaguely to do with a relationship, but it's good grief, which is Dan Levy's directorial film. Has he directed other films? Ooh, I don't know. He wrote and directed it. And I think and he wrote and directed it and right? started yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, I liked it. You did like. I've heard some hot takes. I heard what a lot heard? of people didn't like it. Really? No, they I did it like it. It was a snooze. It wasn't a snooze for me. I did like. First of all, there's really good fashion in it. Oh, really? <laughs> I liked, yeah, and good design. Uh, however, the one hot take that I will say is that I think that Dan Levy is maybe more talented than Dan Levy thinks he oh, is. I thought you were gonna say than Eugene. I was like, that's a very big take. If that's no, what you're saying. no, but I think like he could easily be directing, writing a ton of these movies. I think that yeah, maybe some of the takes are right that it could be tightened up a little bit just to be a, maybe more widely marketable. Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was. I think it was fun. A little bit funny. Also a little bit sad. But also like part of the reason for his success is because he created things that weren't initially widely marketable and then like shit right. grew on people. So maybe this film will be like the same. Which yeah, it vibe. maybe is not, not to say like it's it sounds like he's finding his voice, but it yeah. was just a cool way to go and see, oh, Dan Levy's out there directing and writing movies now. That's really exciting. Yeah, I, I would I would it. say I would add it to your list as a recommended watch. If there's like a nice day you want to cozy up on the couch, throw it on. For me to cry? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what are we listening to this Okay, week? I think that I, I don't, I can't remember if it was on the last episode or if I just have been shit talking this to other people in life because I've definitely been doing that over the last, I think it was out for two weeks. Ariana Grande dropped her comeback single called oh, Yes and. But you've been Whoa. listening to it? Pause, pause. Okay. I listened to it immediately, immediately as soon as it came out because I was mm-hmm. like, I want Ariana Grande to be back. Okay. I first time listened to it, didn't hit. I was like, this is a flop. I texted Haley, who is a massive Ariana Grande oh, fan. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, this is not a good song. <gasps> it's a miss from me. Like, I was pretty ruthless about it. Not going to sure, lie, though. I'm sure Ari took it very personally. <laughs> she did. She texted me back and was like, what can I do to fix this song? The answer to do that for that is, is to nothing. To it's to just 300 l- times. Is listen that what you to did? it 300 times. I'm not kidding. Like I alluded to again, we're in Boston over the weekend. This was like the go-to morning shower, get ready track, put it on repeat. I'm ready to call it at the end of January here as the song of the summer. Oh my God, Or Jacob, no, if it's, not. if Ariana Grande, if this, if Yes And is not the song of the summer, she will It'll claim her album. the song of the summer from her album. I, I guarantee. See, I, 
I'm not someone that even if I don't like it initially, like if I listen to it a million times, it won't like it. I, I, I didn't love it. And so I just haven't listened Have to you it. Listen to it again. Listen to it. No, put can't. it on repeat for five I'm not times. Like you. I don't listen and to the see same if you, song. See if on that third, times. see if on that third time you don't start shrugging I, your shoulders a little bit. It Maybe sounds, you start a little a sway. Tweet, I don't know. I saw a tweet that said it sounds like something you would hear in like the change room of an H&M. Okay. I thought so too. But then. It grew on you. Listen, you're Max in, Martin's an incredible Sarah, producer. So you're like, in improv classes now. Know, you would think that I Yes know, And would be your favorite song. That was a joke that I kept seeing circulating <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. But I just... Give it another shot. Give it another I shot. Okay. I'll give it another shot. I do believe she has the ability to have a song of the summer off her new album, um, Eternal Sunshine, that's coming out. But this song, just, it didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. I would love to see Ariana Grande and Tate McRae headline co-headline a tour oh, co-headline <laughs> someone clip that and we'll <laughs> in case you predict the future from it uh what about you sarah what are you listening to this week so i feel like this has been a thing on spotify for a long time but it feels like the internet just discovered it this week everyone's been sharing their day list oh yeah on spotify and it's so chaotic like what it's it's like cozy country okay wait Thursday open yours tell us what it is right now should we do? Should we both do this? Yeah. See what our daylist because is right now. Daylist is the new playlist that kind of like gives you. A yeah. For you, that, for those of you that don't have Spotify, that don't know, if you look up daylist and it, you just click on the like playlist, it makes you a playlist based off your listing habits, based on the day and time it is. And it so, like titles it. So this one is sentimental alt Z Monday afternoon. My my daylist is flannel girl dinner Monday evening. <laughs> <laughs> I saw people Wait, sharing so these good. as if they were better than like astrology. Yeah, signs yeah, people or were yeah that they you can tell more about somebody based off. Yeah, they're like, I don't care about your astrology signs. Show me your daylist. Oh, that's so fun. I've been listening to daylist because it's also just good for you know me to branch out and listen to new music, other than just the same. So has it been giving artists. you stuff that you haven't been listening to before? Are yeah, any, it's like, just it fuels it with like other artists that are similar to the, what you already listen listening to, like stuff that you are probably gonna like. Do so. we have any new gems? Um, it was the not uh, yet. again I don't look though like I just it just plays in my head and I absorb yeah, it and yeah. I don't know who's singing it or Gracie Abrams there's a few of those okay on there. um but yeah it's it, I just absorb it and I don't look at who's singing it or what the title is on did it, you but. listen to the Noah Khan Sam Fender of drop of course I did so good that is a good that song collab too. is so good oh anything Noah Khan does is incredible Sarah somewhere you went this week I am just Miss Toronto today shouting out all the Toronto businesses so I apologize deeply if you were not from this city and you listen to this podcast uh I went to Outer Lair which is my favorite store in the city to buy silly goofy cards and gifts oh so it was my friend's birthday and I went and got him a card I got him a really good card there last year too like one with um like the tragically hip, whatever they have like very like good cultural reference cards, like yeah. not just Canadian. They had like Ken and Barbie ones. They had Dan Levy on a card. Like they have like Schitt's Creek, like all these different pop culture shows in card form for like everything for like birthdays, um, weddings. Ever. Anytime I need to buy a card, I go there because also the cards are only like six or seven dollars compared to like shoppers. They're like thirteen. Yeah, for a it's card. the thirteen dollar cards. I was yeah, gonna say that's insane. wild. So they're actually really inexpensive and they're better and they're like local artists that they like. Okay, I like get that. To, yeah, it's, it's like you're not gonna find it in every single city in Canada. Exactly, exactly. So I love buying cards from Outer Layer, and there's nothing better than when you get someone a really good card and they like keep it and like put it on their like little yeah. shop or something. So, anyways, cards at Outer Layer amazing, and then also. Um, just like little gifts like I got him like this keychain that says like Parkdale like property of Parkdale on Ooh. it like just like really cute personalized where is the store gifts. the corner of Queen of Portland okay across the street from 
Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I highly recommend going to Outer Layer. They also do online. You can order online as well. But they have really like unique gifts. They have like a Harry Styles coloring book. They have like, I would, it's like Etsy personified as a store. Like if Etsy was just a store. I on like that when you can do a gift for like say it's a housewarming or a birthday or something yeah. that where you don't want to get someone a huge gift, but you want to yeah. give them something with a little bit like, more personality. I was, like, I was equating it to like instead of buying like a bottle of wine that's $20, yeah. I just was able to get him that. And then like little record player coasters that equi- like was the equivalent to it. Totally. And then that's like more personal. So yeah, yeah. outer layer, shout out. Um, but that's summer I went. What about you? Amazing. Okay. Well, I've alluded to it in two of the uh, first answers here in this episode, but I went to Boston. Did you just listen to like Noah Khan the entire time while you were there? That's, that's I what did. I, yeah. I was listening to uh, on the plane, Paul Revere. As, as you should. Uh, as I should. I feel like Be- that's like a rite of passage if you're landing. <laughs> Boston. Wow. Obviously, if you're know any bit of American history you know Boston's a pretty significant place but yeah. even when you go in there they've preserved all that which is yeah. great but it's, it's I was saying earlier it's so nice it's like a modern relatively large city but yeah. it feels kind of like a smallish town because you can walk around everywhere yeah. there's a lot to do and see mm-hmm. from like arts to restaurants to sports to history all sorts of stuff it was there for an extended weekend Love it that. was a good time I would go, go back, back? I um I only went once for work, but the one thing I did love about it is that you could walk everywhere. Like I yeah. was staying, I don't know what area I was staying in, but it's like I'd walk over the bridge and go to the arena with my gear. Like I just, it felt like Toronto that way that you can like a very walkable city, which I appreciated. And I guess like the history is like embedded within the city, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, while well, I alluded to it earlier, obviously Boston creams <laughs> are there. So what there. more reason do you need to travel? You also said off camera uh, to me that it was some of the nicest people yes, which I think every, would surprise people because I, I think hear Boston so. and I think angry Boston Bruins Well, especially fans. like I was going to a Boston Bruins game so and you think like, like oh, to get punched in the face or yeah, something yeah you know yeah. being from Toronto being a Leafs fan yeah. I was like we gotta keep that down a little bit yeah. um, but no everyone was super nice the guy beside me kept high-fiving me even though I wasn't wearing a jersey <laughs> it was a good time and that. and uh, and I also and I also mentioned you, I think, Sarah, have to go just specifically for Beacon Hill Books and Cafe. It sounds if magical. anyone has, is into books and has any reason to go to Boston, you have to go and check that out. It was probably the nicest bookstore that I've ever been in. He literally said you would move there after seeing this It would be store. dangerous for you to <laughs> yeah. go to that store because, yeah, you might live in Boston from That's then on. so funny. <laughs> and last but not least, something that you did this week. Okay. I guess all my answers are kind of tying into Boston because I was traveling and I was doing this one. I think I even talked about it a little bit on a previous episode, but this is one thing that I do and I did it in Boston was I did my travel playlist and I would recommend mm-hmm. this to anyone who travels and maybe like, maybe you just want to save a song to throw on like your mm-hmm. Instagram photo thing. post or something like that. Or you just want to like, I'm someone who ties music in the space around me to memories Mm -hmm. like so closely and if you hear a song playing you're like oh i remember when i was in this bar i was at that museum or this and that um so i do travel playlists when i do like oftentimes i'll just be jumping on shazam shazam a track and then immediately add it to a travel playlist which is like so boston i have like 10 or whatever songs that were playing in different parts of the city was it a little Mm -hmm. diner or maybe it was like at the game or something like that as you're traveling not like making a free travel playlist about the vibes of the city no they're actually songs that you like so like a song in a restaurant someone else has curated that playlist to fit the vibe of the Mm. place maybe it's new music that you've never heard there were a couple songs a couple artists that i didn't like i'd never really listened 
listened to before that I tossed in there. It's a good way to discover new music, but then also like keep kind of a scrapbook of memories from your travels by like tossing it all onto different travel playlists. So I would recommend doing that. I like that. Sarah, something that you did this week. So something I did was my first sober week of 2024. Okay, so how'd it go? I had talked in, I guess it was our goals and everything, that instead of like dry January or dry February or any of those things, I will be doing one intentionally sober week every single month because obviously there will be unintentional sober weeks where it is like I just happen to yeah. not drink but I wanted to set intentional weeks because then at the end of the year there'll be three full months of sobriety it's a lot of time yeah and I'm just doing it um I mean I don't know to just like maybe pay a little bit more attention to my relationship with alcohol I think it's so easy especially like a PR events or whatever to just like feel like I need a glass of wine or something because yeah. someone's offering it also get a little bit more creative with the way that I like spend time with people like I don't know. So it's and one week is like nothing. It's like no time at all. So did, intentional. I did like Saturday to Saturday. It was good. Did you notice a difference or anything? You were like, oh, I have this event. Maybe I would. It's going to be weird. Uh, the one, well, I mean, again, also because I'm intentionally picking the week, I can intentionally pick it on ones that maybe aren't as busy. I mean, every yeah. week for me is busy. But um, when like Julia and I were making dinner together, she was like, oh, do you want me to crack a bottle of wine? And I was like, oh, no, like it's my sober week like that. Whereas normally I'd be like, hell yeah, I cracked a bottle of wine. It's also nice to have that intention then to like break the stigma around that conversation. Because sure. it's not like you're going entirely sober, at least right now. Right. And that's you're just reframing your relationship with alcohol, like you said. But that makes that conversation a little bit easier. And people like, exactly. I feel like it's probably, it's a little bit in vogue right now to exactly. be not I know. questioning sober, alcohol. Sobriety, but. sobriety is like trendy right now, which is like, that sounds weird It's a to cool say, thing to be trendy like though. very trendy right now. So it's really interesting. I think it's gonna be really interesting. Like as I pick more weeks, especially as like the summertime comes and stuff when yeah. I'm like more like going on patios. Or t- the winter is kind of easy. Yeah. It'll be interesting moving forward, but I'm up for the challenge. It's it's a good challenge. For okay, myself. that's nice. We are back with another monthly voicemail segment. You can submit your questions to us at talkingfastshow at gmail.com. We can also give advice. I also do call us on Instagram. We do call us the Talking Fast Show Instagram. So we want to talk. We want to answer your questions and we want to give advice. We like when we actually get to like break down topics a little bit. So yeah. uh, we do these monthly. So whenever you have a thought or a question and think, I don't know what to do, maybe go, maybe Sarah and Jacob can help me. But with that, we have a bunch of random questions that have been selected for January voicemail. Jacob, are you ready? I'm ready. The first question is, how's 2024 going for both of you so far? Which I thought was such a kind that's a, question That's a, like to a thoughtful ask. thing to yeah. ask. How's it's, your 2024 going so far? It's good. People don't ask that question three weeks in. Like three weeks in yeah. a lot of the time, but I thought it was thoughtful when I saw that as well too because I was like, you know what? It's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. Because it's not really like the new year anymore. Like Yeah, no one's saying say, happy new year anymore. But it's like not... It's like, enough to have like... Did you start your goals? Yeah. Did you start on them? That's true. That's true. <laughs> or have you already fallen off them? <laughs> I know. It's going pretty good, I think. I got a trip under my belt, which is always nice That's to like true. travel early on in the year. You feel That's like true. you're like getting into your comfort zone a little bit. You're mm-hmm. shaking things up. You have plans on the horizon. But now because I don't have any travel 
other travel booked i feel a little like oh well you what's the rest of the year three month be? out theory you always have to have something to look forward to three months out at least yeah well maybe it's me, the cottage travel. for the next one there for yeah the, that's true the three month out that's true. um i could have i could be doing a little bit better when it comes to maybe the running aspect of things i think oh, that I that's been running either so. i think that that's like maybe next up for me especially because we mm-hmm. have a few races coming well, up we're gonna organize some run clubs to get yes. ready for those and i think that will help both of us because I can't show up and run for the first time in months at those run clubs. So we'll got to put in a little, I gotta bit put in a little bit of work, but I, I'm, I'm really good in like the lifting, like and going to the gym and like lifting weights and stuff yeah. right now. But the running man, I can't run on a treadmill first. You run slower and I'm just staring at the same thing the whole time. I'm and like, the outside is so cold right now. Listen, like I, it's too cold to run. Like I, if it's like minus five, I can, I can do it. I've it's only like got can, one pair of running tights too. So like mm, if I run once, I got to do a load of laundry yeah. before I do the next one, which is my excuse but right I now. I, yeah. But I'd say mine is like going pretty well. And yeah. It's like not too high, not too low, which is better than last year. Cause last year my year started off pretty low and then it was crawling out of that like mental health hole the entire right. year after. So I have no complaints. I was like talking to my therapist. I'm just very like day to day chill, which I'm not as a person normally. So something about this year, I'm just like overall, I'm feeling like chill in this year and like look lo- good. It's a like good taking- place to yeah, start. Yeah, it is. It feels like I feel like I talked a lot about like going slowly into things recently. Normally I go like head on, get obsessed and like whatever. Okay, well I like this one with the alcohol one too because that's like it's intentional. It's approachable right? and it's intentional and I... I feel like it's I'm setting myself up for success that way. I feel like when I go like so the other way, like when it's like I joined F45, I'm like, I'm going to go four times a week. Like that's right. so the opposite way. Whereas now what I just do is I I'm going to the gym whenever I feel like I have the time when I work from home, I'll go at lunchtime. I'll go down for like 30 minutes and I'll like look up TikToks and like what to do. And I'm like learning as I do it. Nice. But it's just kind of like I'm not going with the intent of like following a strict plan. I'm just going to like get into the idea of going. So and it's regular. It's like when I started running, I just started running to get used to the idea of running and then I can set goals if I want them. Okay, this is the exact same with me. That's a great way to phrase it because that's what I was talking about, I think on a yeah, previous episode week, about yeah. getting back into running and like not trying to immediately like mm-hmm. hit a goal or something like that. But like, yeah, find really finding your feet yeah. and taking the time to find your feet. I like that. Um, okay, second question up here for voicemail. Hobby ideas for girlies in their 20s that can be done in the evenings. Pretty specific. Yeah, but I think you can answer this because you had girl dinner in your day list. <laughs> I think so that I that think gives gonna, me the, the right to jump in on this one. Okay, so I actually, look at me, new woman, if you're watching, I have a notebook. I actually took notes and wrote it. My and this is, those are extensive notes. My too. writing is horrendous. I realize I don't write anymore. So like my handwriting has just gone to shit. Um, all of those years of learning cursive out the window. Um, so I wrote down a few hobbies. I think one is sports. We've talked about that so many times. It's not only just a great hobby, but it's a great way to meet people. Um, And those can be as serious or as low-key as you want, whether you're a former athlete, whether you're trying a new sport, whether you're... And that could be lessons. That could be like rec sports, something approachable. Like I had never really played volleyball before I played volleyball like with my friends. You know what? I had a couple of friends even say that doing some of the... I think that there's maybe like a little hate around them because they're like, oh, I'm not joining a league to like go and compete. Mm -hmm. But they're they're fully like... What do they call them? They're... they're, um, their workshops right to like l- specifically learn how to play the oh, there sport. Is? oh i had no idea yeah even like, like drop-ins for it jam yeah. we play in a jam yeah. soccer league but like they run 
clinics they're called clinics, oh, clinics. to essentially learn a new sport oh, that they that's like cool so if, if i want to like learn pickleball i could go to the clinic exactly like, oh, yeah i could see like that's great so then like that's an approachable way to do it i also put um just classes in general i feel like now I'm in my, I've talked about it a bit, I want to take more classes. I'm in my class era. I feel like I'm like removed from school enough that it doesn't feel like schoolwork. And yeah. it's like, once you're older, you realize, oh, I can just take a class just to take one, not with the intent of like trying to get really good at something or trying to get a job out of it or anything. So like there's cooking classes. There's like, like even those like paint night things. There's, For sure. There's like different, I'm doing improv. And then there's so many different classes, especially if you live in a city there and like different things that you can do that I think that's like a really it can turn into a hobby. I think that's you know like what I would toss in there in terms of classes, but then also maybe something that you could do on your own. There's a, there's a, like a, obviously a new trend around like old vintage digital cameras. But mm -hmm. if you have any interest in photography, like picking up an old film camera, yeah. there's a ton that you can learn there and it can be approachable for like other things that you might be interested in. I remember when I picked up my first film camera, I was shooting a lot of music. So like if yeah. I was going to a concert, I would just take a camera. Oh, that's cool. And you know, then you try to apply a couple of things you learned mm -hmm. and then maybe you have a cooler Instagram dump hobby. afterward with yeah. uh, some proceeds of your new hobby. I was trying yeah. to also think like what's defined as a hobby, like is reading a hobby, I guess, kind of. I think so. Like yeah. I guess reading's a hobby. So like that's an approachable one like just when, when it comes to that just read things that you actually want to read don't feel like the pressure to read something that's maybe like I feel like like with school and going to university especially you're being forced to read so often mm -hmm. that that's what turns people off from reading um I mean I went through a era where bracelet making was literally my hobby just because it was like a nice little craft to do and it like calmed my anxiety so I think there's like different ways you make things hobby or if you're someone that's like oh I just love watching tv and movies you can almost like make it a hobby by downloading like letterbox and like deciding yes. to like leave reviews and like that's how it becomes your hobby just like you're not doing it because you want to become a professional movie critic but like you can just leave reviews and maybe that's your hobby and so then you can share it with friends or something okay like that's that. a great idea yeah oh Haley and i have been using this app called belly which is basically the letterboxed restaurants, restaurants. yeah cool. and it's like it's fun to like you can toss in photos of of your own experiences i know it's like maybe not super approachable because you have to be like you're rating a restaurant mm -hmm. you have to go and do the restaurant but it's a similar thing you could do mm -hmm. that with recipes i'm sure i don't know names off the top of my head but like i know that you're in your learning how to cook journey yeah, as well that's cook. a big one mm -hmm. trying new recipes doing it with friends great way to do uh to do that yeah like it doesn't like a hobby doesn't have to be like i don't know it doesn't have to be so like formula like, could be something you're already doing but like yeah. maybe just like doing a little bit more often or taking a little bit more seriously like for me like playing guitar is a hobby that I have maybe I'll pick that up I've never played guitar in my life take some lessons <laughs> some I would lessons. actually love to learn how to play the piano that's something piano? that's like a goal for the next five years I don't know when how realistically <laughs> I and could do that I but feel like you could I mean like I feel like basics of piano you can learn but I have absolutely no basics at all <laughs> I know nothing <laughs> I feel like um guitar is good and a lot of people I feel like learn to play guitar when they're older because they just want to like pull it out around a campfire I was gonna say like if you at your cottage yeah you'll pull it out but I think those are all some good recommendations, but I just think like, think of what you already like to do and don't like force. I feel like hobbies come naturally. Like I feel like forcing a hobby onto yourself and is like, like don't really feel, yeah, don't feel so much pressure to sign up for like 10 classes of this, like cooking class or something. Try a ton of different That's stuff and see what have sticks. Drop like even improv had a drop in session that you could pay $20. You get like the three hour session for the first one. And then that way it can be like, Oh, this is so not for me. Or, Oh, this is great. Then you sign up for like the weekly classes or something. Yeah, as for well. sure. Mm. Okay, I found this question so interesting. Jacob, you're older and wiser than me. If you could be any age for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like you get to stay at that age at like 
what you look like, who you are at that age. Okay, yeah, what this is, there are a pick? few caveats for this question, I think, because it's have like questions <laughs> like what? Well, no, I just I, I, I feel difficult. like this question is a little bit. Is it is it mostly based on physicality? Like you? No, want... I think it's. Well, yeah, I think it's mostly based. I oh, but not even just physicality. I mean, like, like physicality could also mean like fitness and stuff as That's well. That's what I mean. Yeah, That's what yeah, I mean. yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I think that if I could stay an age, and I don't know like when that would be, but like my prime for running probably, because I know it'll be a sad day when like I just can't to... move when I like how I used so, okay, to be able like, to. But like, put a number. Like, what? Like, would you say the age you are right now forever? Maybe I feel pretty good right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the answer. Like, but I'm also not opposed, and maybe this is a hot, like a, a take that people, a lot of people don't agree with. But like, I find aging cool. Like, I am excited to just age and become like a nine-year-old okay, man. Like, it's just the just answer the question. Like, it's let's like, say the age I am now, which is what twenty-six. <laughs> 29 <laughs> what about you what do you like what, how would you approach i haven't question? approached this age yet but i think 30 yeah i think 30 is the perfect age to stay forever because if i could say i'm 30 forever you're seen as an adult you're seen as old enough to be like professional professional settings and respected enough in it you still look young where you could be getting id'd still yeah uh you have your health and i don't know i think that i'm not 30 yet i'm hoping 30 year old me is fantastic 30s are but good i think 30 is like i also have your shit together a bit more like i just think 30 is the age that i would like i was always when i was growing up i was so excited to like be my like late 20s and like early 30s i feel like that's like when you're like peaking life a bit yeah. so i'd like to stay at that peak and then never move from it okay that's a good one actually because the 30s have been pretty good well i think about it when like a celebrity dies and then they post a photo being like, this person died. Most it was of the from time, their 30s. it's from like their 30s <laughs> that they post the photo because they still look like an adult. They don't look like a teenager. Am I in my death photo era then? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're telling Maybe. me? Maybe. I think about that sometimes though, how it's like, how much I got to take some like good headshot. I got to like be more particular about how they I'm looking at this camera right now. They just take a screenshot from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you're now in the future. <laughs> By then it'll be the future and it'll be like holograms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> weird. Okay. Yeah. We got to get it'll start be, shooting this, this in 3D. this clip playing over and over again. Whoa. That's a little bit too existential for me right now. Uh, Sarah, what is one bucket list concert you haven't been to yet? Okay, crazy meant to be universe. Avril Lavigne is the only artist that I've never seen live that's like a bucket list concert for me. I mean, like Adele's on there too, but like high up. Did she announce And she announced tour today. No way. Yeah, she did. And it's not during the Olympics. So that was another important factor. And yeah, so I'm going to buy tickets. Huge. Avril Lavigne was the very first CD I ever purchased when I was in grade two. And then I was telling everybody here a couple weeks ago, I then proceeded to wear a tie to school around my neck because she wears a tie around her neck um, and all my school photos and everything. And then it was the first music video I ever purchased. We used to buy music videos on DVD. Yeah. Um, and I would watch the complicated music video on DVD. This is maybe what day. time? What time of year is it? The concert here in August, Toronto? August. A bud stage. Peak. <sighs> Avril Lavigne, a bud stage? Are you kidding? I'm shouting so out. This ideal. is maybe a talking... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fast little uh, uh, school trip then. <laughs> I'd love to. Oh my God, wait, we actually have to because of the I know. We have to. That's going to be a school trip. We're going to go and see who knows more lyrics. Because <laughs> it's her greatest hits tour. Oh. It's her greatest hits tour. That's amazing. And Izzy, if you don't know all the words to every single song. I'm going to break out my like studded belt. <laughs> <laughs> studded belt ties dark eyeliner oh my god this is like my warp tour like that's what it's gonna be like. oh okay that's amazing did they announce who's supporting simple plan no way <laughs> okay incredible okay, <laughs> we, no, we have, all to, have go. to go we have to go we have to wear the studded belts we have to do it okay i'll buy us all tickets i'll, I'll, pay, I'll buy us all tickets it'll be for content we can mic ourselves up <laughs> yes okay Anyways, Anyways, can we have Av- her on the podcast too avril, avril? You're listening? i mean oh i know you're listening i don't come on think the i could interview avril i think i'd be like <laughs> freaking out to it she's like hillary duff like that level anyways dream concert and it got announced today so i wow. feel like that's a manifestation happening meant to be no way okay that is actually know? so funny though because i was talking about my dream concert yesterday oh and it's simple plan right now yeah <laughs> um no i was talking about we were talking about the sphere in las vegas this big crazy concert mm-hmm. venue it's not you two don't worry and it's not miley cyrus who's been rumored as the next, as the next heir to yeah. the sphere um i've never i've never seen cold play oh, i've never I'm seen cold play big either. cold play fan and that's mm-hmm. like i know cold play gets a little bit of hate but like well they I'm, were all like hippy dippy like eco-friendly they only toured the west coast to like and they have like bikes on there you can like, like power some, some of their lights yeah, yeah yeah i would love to see cold play and i would love to see cold play in the sphere because they have like big visual oh, shows i'm sure cool. that they would be, they would do something really really cool that it's, would be it's cool. highly unlikely they in this we'll life the would do it as it is probably it probably takes know. more power nah. to power the sphere <laughs> Than anything else, they would have oh, to change out true, all. They'd have to change out all of the seats in that place to yeah. bicycles, or they'd have and... to like have no morals or ethics <laughs> yeah. anymore. Chris Martin would have to like have a very big life change for that to happen. But I think that, or in another venue, would be my mm-hmm. dream concert. I love that. Um, we're shifting gears a little bit. This is the chaos of voicemail. I mean, you never know which voicemail you're going to click through next yeah. on your phone. You know what I mean? So this one asks us. How do you move past the loneliness that can come with being in your mid-twenties? Ooh, okay. I have a theory on loneliness in the twenties, and I mm. think it kind of is spawned a lot of the time by FOMO being The very core prevalent. root of it, 100%. Yeah, I agree. where it's like there are a lot of people, I knew when I was in my twenties, there were a lot of people that I was kind of acquaintances with or people that I was close friends with would be out doing something with other people that I wasn't really friends with. And sometimes you feel like you're missing out Mm -hmm. and you're excluded and whatnot. 
nowadays i'm like like, don't invite me don't invite me (laughs) i'm only gonna go and do things that i want to do yeah and i'm okay with that and i feel like you uh, the later you get in life not that i'm late in life but as you (laughs) as you like get older is what i mean you start to realize like listen you don't need a million friends you can just like focus on your core Mm -hmm. group of people who are going to be there for you for the rest of your life probably. Yeah. And then, yeah, find what is fun. But FOMO was it for me in the I 20s. Think, that was the I th- think you've hit a nail on the head. I think FOMO is the root of most of people's problems in their 20s. And it's not just FOMO for like people going out to the bar, like you're not know, getting invited to this party or this cottage weekend or whatever. I think the FOMO can also be um, like that right after university gap, right? Where mm-hmm. your entire life, your 20s are weird, right? Because your entire life you've been in school where from an outside perspective, everyone's pretty even. Like you can't like you're yeah. all the same. You're all in the same grade. You're all kind of having roughly the same opportunities. Like obviously, like there's differences in in money, income, like yeah, skin color, where you're from, whatever. But it's mostly a perceived even playing field. And then you go to university or college. And it's the same thing. You're still like in school. You're still in a structure. You're still like in um, a system that is set up in place for you. And then literally you throw that cap in the air and then one day they're like, all right, bye. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, so I'm like a full adult now. They're like, yep, you don't have any structure. We don't not go apply for jobs, figure out what a job is. And you have to learn a corporate life or like you have to figure it all out. And that structure sometimes in school, if you're with your peers, you're mm-hmm. all trying to achieve the like same a, grades yeah, and with exactly. the same set of rules, the, the same, same rubrics that you're trying to uh, adhere to. And then exactly. your rubrics are wildly and then, different and then for the rest of your exactly, life. Exactly. There is no, <laughs> so cheesy, but like, there's no rubric for life. You know, people say <laughs> well, shit like that, true, but it's though. true. And then, so then you're just left there being like, what? The heck so even if you do everything properly like i pr- thought i did everything properly i got a job right at school and then on like a wednesday in december i pack up my box and i was standing on the corner of the street laid off from like yeah a job i thought i'd be at forever you're like wait a second like this is like what happened like it's not like yeah that lack of structure, of structure can be very and so I think lonely. the lack of structure is what makes people feel lonely because you look at other people obviously like social media and everything can is the highlights and everything but i think the lack of structure is what really people struggle with and I don't think they realize that's necessarily what the root of the problem is and then from there you're comparing yourself to everybody else like even like I have like friends that like were in law school and then they like I feel so behind all my friends have jobs but like we on the other side are looking at you being like you're in law school like you we feel like you're ahead of us it's like this weird like perception of everyone's timelines being different because for your entire life everyone's been on the same timeline yeah and then one day when you're 22 it's like all blown up. Do you up. find your conversations with friends with say like early 20s to now ha- have changed so in, in the sense of like what I find too is early, like early 20s, mid 20s, the conversations we would have is like, oh, let it, it was always looking forward and what we're going to get to mm-hmm. and like what we're trying to achieve and all this. But yeah. then it and it kind of mimicked that kind of highlight reel of social media in a sense because you weren't really understanding if someone else was struggling with something Mm -hmm. you didn't maybe want to feel vulnerable to share that with other people because you don't want to get left behind Mm -hmm. but now that's a lot of what i talk about with my friends is just like oh going through another tough period i i think i mean i also think granted like the era of just talking about mental health and all of that has changed a lot i think that's also really shifted i don't think like even like five years ago it would have been the same but yeah it's really interesting um all of my like 
best friends are my best friends from university. So we actually all went to school for a very specific program. Right. Right. Like very specific, like sport media. And then we all like graduated. So, and we all got jobs and whatever. So it was very weird for the first couple of years after, cause it still felt like we were in school kind of. And then now, um, we, I, I think it's nice that people have branched off into other careers or other like areas. And it's nice because then we just talk about like different stuff. I feel like before it was like such a bubble that we were in, which also can cause loneliness. I think when you're in this bubble and you feel like you're the only people experiencing like this one thing. And it's almost like you want for a while. What I wanted was like, oh, we're especially in high school and then in and just out of university. It felt for a while like my friends and I were all kind of like going toward the same thing. But then you realize that you're not. You're not and you're going in different directions and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, this person that used to be my friend contextually as like the person I would go to the bar with every you know yeah. weekend or whatnot is now the person who lives in the suburbs and has a kid and has a completely different life but that's totally cool yeah. too that makes your life a lot richer i think yeah i just think that like i i feel like loneliness is a feeling that as humans will feel throughout our lives in different stages for different reasons like maybe maybe in your 20s it's this it's the fomo it's the uncertainty it's the lack of structure but then mm-hmm. maybe in your 30s it's the people are getting married or having kids. Like, I think it's like the loneliness sometimes comes through like different like stages of your life. But I just think it's a matter of like understanding what it's rooted in and where it's coming from. And that makes you a more confident person in understanding how to like go through it. Like, cause we all feel lonely once in a while. Like it yeah. happens to literally every single human. So I think it's just a matter of knowing how to set yourself up for success and combat it a bit. Yeah, for sure. This question kind of uh, is ta- a little tag on to that one, but it's more seasonal related. How do you shake off the winter blues? Oh, you mean like living in Toronto where we did not have sunshine for 30 days? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had sunshine twice in the past week and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a new woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I just like, it's. I kind of lean into it when, I, <laughs> when it's the winter blues. I'm not afraid to lean into like the winter blues as long as I'm not like, rotting in my bed for like a week mm. but I'm not afraid to be like even Friday night as example I was it was freaking cold outside like it was like minus 20 it was just like I don't know I had like a long week I was exhausted feeling a little down on myself just like not even down just like tired and just like groggy and I just allowed myself to fully lean into it and just like stayed at home made my life easy when I'm like trying to battle like winter blues or just like any sort of like seasonal depression or just like like mental health stuff regardless I just try to make everything as easy for my brain as possible because I don't want mental load I don't want mental stimulation I just want to be able to like so I'll even though I had like planned to like make myself dinner and do all this I just ordered food because I'm like well that's one less thing I have to think about and then I just turn on actually usually a movie that I've already seen before because I'm like one less thing I have to think about I know I like this Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do or just like setting myself up just to be able to just like sit with it for a little bit I think is the best way that's kind of where I'm at too I was I'm you know I really dislike the winter, especially. I can deal with the cold. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with the gray. And no, the like, gray no is what's sun. tough. That's what honestly cold, feels like. Because cold, you can like bundle up, but me. there's nothing you can do about the gray. Yeah, and sometimes it's just nothing nicer than breaking up my day and like going out to the dog park with Brooklyn exactly. and getting out to walk around in the sunshine for an hour. But if it doesn't exist for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's getting dark early, like it's... I know, but then I saw, and I'll try to find that, I can't, I'm not going to remember nearly anything word for word, but it was this TikTok and I reposted it and it was all about 
was like this really well-spoken person. It was just like a man on the street interview, but they were talking about how important the like periods of darkness mm. and like sadness are sometimes because mm-hmm. that also makes those more happy sunny times a lot more enriching. Well, it's what like people say about pe- when you live in a climate that doesn't change, like the climate doesn't change. Like so when people like live in Los Angeles or something where it's sunny all the time, um, you don't necessarily like appreciate like the sunny days as much. Whereas I yeah. feel like living here, I feel like, one consensus of living in Toronto is everyone loves a Toronto summer. Toronto summer is like the unmatched. best ever. It's unmatched. Talking I, about 2016 as well. If we're yeah. if we're heading for another we're 2016, 2016 style Toronto summer, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but what's what's I think the reason we all as people that live here appreciate the summer so much. It goes the same one. Like I'd say in Canada in general is because we've suffered through the like gray doom and gloom. Yeah. To then appreciate the sunshine so much more. There's like, nothing the, the like first that first day. Uh, yeah. There's like you see the first well, little I flower a little bird coming I experienced coming it in London two years ago when I landed. It was like the first sunny day they had had in like two months and everyone's like out in parks riding their bikes like just sitting in the park and like just like soaking it in and there's something there's some magic in that if, so i really remind myself of that during these blue days like yeah. really doom and gloom that the sun the sun will shine again well if that's not a cheesy metaphor for life right I like know. you said you earlier you're picking up the nice kind of cards at yeah. that that card store where yeah. i think right now we're writing the cheesy like hallmark ones. Our next voicemail question, we've got advice for traveling with a partner for the first time. But I think we can like open this up to traveling with anybody new for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ruined friendships. Hasn't yeah, it? Not for me personally. I just said that. No, but it does. It does ruin friendships. Or it doesn't necessarily ruin friendships for me. It just makes You're me like, very aware I of never I would never travel with that person again. again. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely done that. But it's... It's it's no easy. I feel like like when you're younger, you think like, oh my god, traveling with like friends and like this and that. It's it's so you, you really learn somebody like learn about. Well, okay, yes. When the you first piece of them. advice I would say is do it. Just yeah. say yes to going and do it because you will learn about that person. And if especially if it's a partner, if you don't travel well together, no, like write done. it off. Like, what break are you gonna up. do? I remember I used to like I, it was like this like wise tale of like oh like when you travel with someone for the first time that's when you really know them. and like yeah. I'm not talking like a weekend trip like I'm talking like. 10 days 10 days or maybe even a week i'll give you a week a week to 10 days weekend trips i have learned on enough weekend trips. we're like you need to do some laundry maybe or something yeah like exactly that. i just mean like maybe with a partner you can get through a weekend regardless but i'm yeah. thinking like you need like something where you're out of your comfort zone so like seven days 10 days whatever and i don't really know if there's any advice just like make sure you're like it would like when you're traveling with anyone for the first time make sure you're on the same page about expectations Mm-hmm. as the number one thing because like what you might expect out of a trip might be different than somebody else and that's like activities money activities, you're spending the money you're spending all the expectations of the trip you need to lay it out like just lay it out there because otherwise it gets so awkward on the trip and i've had this happen so many times when it's like 
people had there's different expectations tension. or there's tension or like people like had different ideas of what a trip was going to be or were promised different things or la la la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes it not fun because then you're like, why am I spending money here if I'm like not even having fun? Like there's so For many sure. layers to it. And that goes for the partner or friends. So just like make sure you're honest because if you're willing to travel with somebody, that means you're close enough that you should be able to have a conversation about like. Okay, that's where my next piece comes in and it is right off of yours because it's like tension. If there is tension, have that conversation. You have to talk about it. Like have it immediately. Don't, if you're, especially if you're a group of friends saying there's like six plus of you or something Mm -hmm. and you can break off into a little couple different tangents or factions, you, the last thing you want to do on any trip like that is to basically have it become a game of survivor where there are are a lot, yeah, tribes and alliances and like (laughs) someone's going to double cross because they both want to do activities, but don't want to spend a lot of money. It's like, it's way better to have that tough conversation that's going to take you like 10, 20 minutes, talk through things. And then maybe you get to the end of the conversation, you hate the person still, you don't want to travel with them, but like at least you tried. My, my favorite thing though, that happens on a trip is like you figure out people's roles. Like people fall into like their roles and it goes into being in a couple too. Like I'm very much the early planner for a trip. Like I'll plan out like the hotel logistics, like how we're getting there, whatever. But then once I'm on the actual trip, because I've already done all the thinking of how I'm getting places and where I'm sleeping, the rest of it, I'm pretty like whatever about. Mm-hmm. I'm down just to like wander about. Whereas like Nolan, as an example, is the person that like wants to plan the days and like mm-hmm. pick the museums mm-hmm. or that type of stuff. So it balances out well. Yeah. Um, but so fun seeing the roles that people fall into when you're. There's also like I noticed. Together. There's also the uh, there's like the decisive one, which you need, maybe you need it. Maybe the they. Most- even if they're not the same person as the original planner and this is this can be like in a big friends group it could be two friends traveling it could be partners traveling but like if one of you is not decisive go home immediately (laughs) like you could have 15 weeks left go home because if you don't have the the friend who's like oh there are three restaurants here in front of us which one should we go to they all have pluses and you could debate things forever Forever. everyone be like oh i i like it actually bothers me more because I am the decisive one. It bothers me more when people are just like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. And it's like, okay, but it's like, like, I need you to care a little bit. I need you to care a little bit. Like, care, like I know you can, like you're trying to be easy and I respect it, but it's like, I need you to care like 5%. So yeah. it's, it's just a matter of like, and people surprise you. Some people you don't think you'd travel well with, you end up traveling great with. For like sure. it's just like, I think you just got to do it and just be open and honest and have conversations because it's got money on the line. There's yeah. like all these things that you don't want to leave it disappointed or like, not friends with the persons and i think you avoid that if you just talk about it yeah there are some good roles in there the other role that i'll toss out there is the the transportation person the person who always has the uber booked or the person who like can figure out how to actually get somewhere on transit Mm -hmm. (sighs) big role find your roles and find your roles lean into them and be decisive (laughs) uh okay another one speaking of how to be decisive the voicemail question we have in front of us now (laughs) is how to not doubt yourself how do you become that decisive person on the trip that's like such a big pie in the sky question. Like it is. How to not doubt, like not doubt myself. Like I'm going to do what you did earlier. Not doubt myself in what context? In right. work, in life, and everything. First of all, you're always going to doubt yourself sometimes. That's like even the most confident people. Um, I don't know. I feel like the lack of doubt just comes with experience. I was going to say you have to make mistakes. You have to make 100%. mistakes and realize that mistakes are not the end of the world just Mm -hmm. get up and like try to make a new decision yeah and like even like in a work context for me it's like the lack of doubt I have in my ability to like do things is because I've successfully done them before yeah so like obviously I doubted myself before maybe going to my first major championship and was doing a mix zone for 13 days and I didn't know what that was going to be like and I doubted myself ahead of time 
But then again, I'm also of the belief of like, okay, well, if my bosses don't doubt me and they like put me in those positions, they wouldn't send me if they didn't think I could do it. So that yeah. always helps. But then the next year, I was like, we got this easy, breezy, beautiful. Like so we're good to go. Experience. I think experience beneficial. is probably where my lack of doubt comes from. Yeah, most there's of the also time. like a psychological component. I think with if you are doubting yourself you're probably way more likely to actually fail at something. And sure. maybe that knowledge would help you shift, your brain shift the other it way. a little bit. I, and then when I think it comes to personal, oh my God, like I feel like we just like doubt ourselves all the time when it comes to like decision making and this and that, like whether you should go with your gut or this or that. Like there's just so much information out there almost now that it's like it can cause self-doubt, I think. Well, okay, yeah. I Like if you're like waiting before making a decision or going and do, doing something, it's like I would say probably maybe the most practical piece of advice is like, do something else that's going to keep you busy. Do some dishes. Do <laughs> clean up your room. Do something that's going to keep your mind off of that. Because if you're leading up to something, just spinning the wheels in your head, yeah. doubting yourself, it's not doing anyone any good. The doubting yourself, I think, kind of goes hand in hand with like anxiety a little bit for me. So like, and I think it's probably the reason I'm actually like, quote unquote, chill ish, mm. chill ish right now. And it's this idea that. Why worry about something twice? Like, why? What's the point in me stressing and getting anxious about something that might happen? Because when the thing does happen, if it's like the bad thing does happen, happen, yeah. then I already have to go through the shitty time then. Why would I put myself through it twice? Ah, right. Okay. Right? And then if, if it doesn't happen, then I've just put myself through stress and a potential heart attack at 27 years old for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, that was stupid. So I've really shifted my brain when thinking about that when I'm like getting really like riled up about things. And I think doubt probably has to play a role in that. Like absolutely doubting That's a yourself good point. with it. So I, like I think that. they're kind of parallel and they live in the same parts of your brain and like their little their little like things on your shoulder. Cole's notes live in the moment and trust yourself <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so hippy dippy that way, but it's 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 the truth. But I just think um not doubting yourself comes from experience in whatever areas, whether it's emotional intelligence whether it's career or anything like that so if you're asking this and you're 21 years old trust me it will get better if you're asking this and you're 41 it'll get better yeah so. and if you like you have, if you have a very specific instance that you need a little hype up for write us and we'll give we'll you hype a little you up. we'll record a little video for you next week that just hypes you up for <laughs> uh, what you, you need um, our next question, which Jacob, I'm very curious to know <laughs> your answer for this. They want to know all about reading goals. What okay. are the reading goals of 2024? What is on the TBR to be read? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm... And what are you most excited to read this year? Okay. I, As everyone knows, I have a ton of books that are like on cracked open <laughs> on my TBR that I've read maybe like the first third, first lot, half of. So a lot of, of DNFs. However, I do have, as of a few days ago, a new reading goal for 2024. So this is an apt question here. I read a ton, almost exclusively nonfiction. I want to read fiction. fiction. Come to the fun side. Hells yeah. I don't read any fiction. I don't read I never any started. I'm trying to like get into that. <laughs> well, maybe we should trade we some recommendations because I think like one of the things that sometimes gets me hung up on finishing a book is if it's nonfiction and it's like, you know, short essays or like bits of yeah. research that are in a study of some kind, which I read a lot of, um, you can kind of read it in chunks and you it's get... It's kind of like a choose your own adventure that exactly, way. Exactly. Like... But like the adventure is never chosen to finish the book, unfortunately, <laughs> where I think like if you're reading fiction and there is a complete story that well, you're yeah, going to get Well, yeah, it'd be like through. you getting like halfway through a movie and going... 
it, I've seen enough. Right, exactly. Off. So I think that I'm like, okay, as a goal to fin- actually finish a full book in 2024, I think that that might help me do it. Would you read the Akatar series? And review it, and then do TikTok the whole reaction series? reviews. That's a long. That's a lot. That's like thousands <laughs> okay, and thousands okay, okay, of okay. pages. We'll start in baby steps. We'll start in baby steps. So if anyone has any recommendations for me, let me know. Uh, I really like that goal for you. So last year, so I'm surprised because I bitched about it on this podcast every single week. I was in the biggest reading slump I'd ever yeah, been in since right. I started. For context, I was not a reader growing up. I was like. I read The Fault in Our Stars when it came out and sobbed in my bedroom. That's probably like one of the only books I read in high school, along with maybe a couple of Nicholas Sparks books. But I wasn't really? a reader. That's surprising. You didn't know this? I was no. not a reader. My sister was. I was never the reader. And uh, I, But I read like Nicholas Sparks here and there, like little things like that. Like mm-hmm. the last song and all that. And then university came and I resented reading because obviously you're you reading to. all the time yeah. for school. And I think what did me in was my very first elective was an English class, which was popular culture in english and mm. i was like oh my god this is mm. amazing but then they were making you read one book a week and the, too many books it was like harry potter and shit and like there she's given me like a rand like the fifth book in harry potter and i'm like i can't read that in a week yeah are you kidding me and i'm actually a very fast reader so that was a coles notes class for me or spark notes whatever <laughs> it was but um it really deteriorated me from reading so i was like no way like i just i have to read for school i'm not interested there was in no it. pleasure in that reading and it took not even 2020 in the pandemic it took until 2021 if everyone remembers in toronto we were open for a couple weeks and then they shut us down again into a yeah. full lockdown and i was like i'm i can't do this anymore i went to the bookstore and i bought three books i was like three random romance books i didn't have any like book talk recommendations nothing i just bought them because they said to be made into a movie i go that must mean it's good <laughs> and i read them in a week all three of them and i was like okay started making content about it and then i just like continued reading so 2021 2022 were big book years for me like reading wise mm-hmm. i was reading like 50 plus books a year last year i read like 15 which like sounds like a lot but it's but not in a comparison, lot in not comparison like that's reading a slump just over one book a month and to be honest the only reason i hit 15 is because i read the actor series in two weeks right so i was in a huge slump this year we're going no slumps no slumps we're going to power through how many have you gone through this year I'm or on, what have you started I'm, I'm on book number three for the year right now um okay this book a week yeah this one though is kind of put me to a little slump but it's fine we're gonna get through it it's like short, anything shorter than Akatar. So now in my brain, I'm like, I can read a 350 page book like in a couple of days. Do you always fine. finish? Or do you like, if, would do, would you pull a me and you're like, this is no, not no, something no. I can finish? I've, I have, last year I DNF, it was the most I've ever DNF, I DNF four books. Wow. Wow. I guess yeah. you read a lot though. You kind of have to, I, mean, yeah. I know there are a ton of books out there. But, but I, I read a lot. So this is the thing. I didn't use to DNF, but now I think I DNF more because I know which writing style I like versus I mm. don't. So if I'm not into it, I'm like, I'm not ever going to be into it and I don't want to yeah. put myself back into a slump. But anyways, this year's goal, I didn't make it 50 because I was like, I can't go from like a slump here to not. So I made it 30 because I think I can hit 30. That's mm-hmm. just over two and a half books a month, I guess. Easy. Um, and I think about things that I have coming up, like something like the Olympics where I'm going to be on my phone every single day. I'm going to want to read at the end. Like when I'm on work trips, I read a lot because I read at the end of each night to like turn my brain off. I think I'll be better and if i can keep up the pace that i'm on right now i just seen a couple good series to hook me in yeah so i'm gonna start one of the other questions was something excited to start i'm gonna go so sarah j moss who wrote a court of thrones roses series she has two other series um uh, throne of glass throne of glass series um my sister's reading it right now and so she gave me the first book multiple books in each 10 books in this one oh and they're all like 600 pages the last book is a thousand pages so 
that will help. A lot to get through, but it'll get you up your numbers a bit. That's a third of of my goal. Easy. So we're going for 30 this year. Other books I'm really excited for. Emily Henry is my favorite author ever, and she has a new book coming out this year. And then also uh, Carly Fortune, who's a Canadian author. She has oh, yeah. one that's set on PEI. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So it's like set in Charlestown and has Anne of Green Gables references in it, apparently. Speaking of how you got into reading in the first place, are there any books right now that are on their way to be made into movies that you're excited about? Oh, to come out. Well, I mean, A Court of Thorns and Roses is going to be a limited series, apparently, on Ooh. Hulu. Or like a series, not limited, but like yeah. a TV series. Um, ooh, books to movies that are coming out. I don't know. None that are coming out that are like I'm super stoked about yet. I'm very curious to see how this Justin Baldoni, Blake Lively, um, It Ends With Us ends up because everyone keeps roasting it on TikTok about how they're dressed and all that. Look, I don't love Colleen Hoover, so like I don't even love that story anyways, but I'm very curious to see how it comes. Like, I don't know. I'm just very curious. So yeah, there's nothing really that... That's a great question. I'm going to have to do another deep dive because mm. I did a TikTok video about popular books that became movies or tv shows that people might not realize so maybe i'll have to do some research and do another one of those last question of voicemail sarah what are your thoughts on tv show reboots is there a show you'd love to see rebooted and this is a hot topic right now because wizards waverly place is being rebooted which is news to me i didn't know that (laughs) but also Uh, it's like with selena gomez and with david henry who is it so that was gonna be my take is like i think reboots work when you're working with the original cast Things like... Well, they also reference Lizzie McGuire. They... What? Is Lizzie McGuire being... Oh, yeah. Because Lizzie McGuire was supposed to be rebooted, but then Disney pulled the plug because mm. they didn't like that Lizzie grew up and right. wasn't 14 years old anymore. But okay, um, original cast. I think original cast has to be involved in some capacity. Like, Fuller House was a great example of that. Look, the show was cheesy as hell. It wasn't good. But I still watched it because Fuller House was my favorite show when I was growing up. But I thought it was good because although not the whole original cast was part of it, the co- like the sister the core sisters were and they, they passed on the torch i think boy meets world did the similar thing when they did girl meets world like oh yeah there's like ways to do it i think um they also had like raven's home was another one that okay they did well what the about the way. how i met your mother that they also kind of rebooted speaking of lizzie mcguire so that's another Duff. one i watched that show um i did watch it because i kind of really didn't have anything else to watch and i love hillary duff so i watched it but i thought that one was kind of a flop because it had nothing to do with the original cast mm, mm-hmm it was just like a totally separate story, totally different people. So I think like you weren't nailing the nostalgia factor that you need to. So it was just a bad sitcom as opposed right. to like, if you're a hitting fresh on, idea, even if it's a bad sitcom, but you're hitting on the nostalgia yeah. of it, then it will last longer. So that one I think was kind of a miss because of that. Um, but I'm excited for wizards. Okay. So like another example is like Frasier, like when they, right. they're not calling, it's not a reboot. It's not like, it's like a new season of it, which I think is a unique way to do it as well, because I used to have like members of the original cast. It's still like a new story with like, his son being a main character and all of that but there's it's, a familiar entry point kind exactly. of exactly so then that way i think it makes the entry point easier for like younger people like me to, who watched it maybe like growing up with my but dad still but then my dad could for, still watch yeah, it yeah 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 so then it feels more familiar that way as opposed to a completely new cast and just using like i don't know like on how i met your father does the reboot mm-hmm. like barney makes one appearance and like whatever like they just make like these bit appearances that like I, I, it's fine but I don't think you're leaning into nostalgia properly so that's why I get excited when they're doing a reboot or a new season of a show 
in a way that's not recreating what the old show was but adding on to the storyline which I really hope that's what Wizards of Waverly Place is going to do Lizzie McGuire tried to do it and it's really disappointing that they cancelled it because it was going to be like Lizzie as an adult like they're not right. like, trying to recreate Lizzie McGuire they're just trying to like show what happened I guess after the credits rolled have there been any misses something what was referenced recently was there a what was what am I thinking of Ed West West whatever what's that show called Gossip Girl was there a Gossip Girl oh one? there was like there was a Gossip example Gossip Girl right only got I think it got two seasons got cancelled again like there was no reference to the old show and like everyone said like the reason they loved the old show was because it was just like they were all wealthy assholes. Like that was yeah. the reason we watched it. Like we don't love wa- to hate them. Kind you of. You love to hate them. Exactly. And they went totally the opposite way. I didn't watch it, but with the new Gossip Girl, so you lost that. You didn't gain a new audience. Okay. It there's a, a little bit of that. Would you one. call Riverdale a little? Well, that's just like taking the property in a new direction. Yeah. Right? It's just I won't even because it's not a reboot, right? It's yeah. just like it's growing up with Archie comics. Obviously, there's nothing to do with the Archie comics. Exactly. I was disappointed with that myself. Was there one that you would want to <laughs> see rebooted, or something that you'd want to see like after the credits rolled? Like what happened? Like some sort of reboot? This is a good. question question it's tough because like some of my favorite shows are ones that i wouldn't want touched again or there are other examples like there would be you know the office is not necessarily a reboot but there are those crossovers that it's like british version american version which i think like most of the time don't cross over well unless they're becoming their own thing and then i also think there's things that are special and like when it's in its own thing like i know everyone i Think of how many times like Warner Brothers has probably tried to pitch like a friend's like extra season. Like, you know, how, like, well, when, they did Joey. No, I, I no, I know they did Joey, but I mean, like, Joey now, wasn't good. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, now, you know, there's a world where like Warner Brothers is like, come on, just do like a limited six episode thing. Like, they probably yeah. offered all this money, but I think there's something special when you can just keep it in the. Or you go in a completely was. different direction and you have just like curb your enthusiasm. With yeah. Larry David That's after true. Seinfeld. That's true. <laughs> but overall, there's something I'm like craving to get rebooted. Uh, but I am very curious to see what they do with Wizards because I'm like, is it going to be targeted at 14 year olds? Is it going to be targeted like at us? Give what me is a what is what is the brother Cohen. in Wi- Wizards? David the Henry. older brother, David Henry. That's the actor's name. Just Justin. 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 Right. That's right. Right. Justin. Okay. True. And then the little brother, I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's. I haven't seen those faces in a long time. I don't think I'd recognize them. <laughs> Selena Gomez, you want to recognize her face? No, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be good. But with that, thank you so much to everybody that submitted a voicemail question. As always, we'll be doing this once a month. If you've made it this far, please rate the show five stars because we need some new ratings. We haven't really got ratings since last year. Please rate it five stars because if you made it this far, then clearly you like us enough to listen to us for an hour. I would hope so. That's a five star performance. That right is a five star performance. <laughs> thank you you so much as always for listening we will see you next wednesday bye-bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.